we knew that we were there for a product of our decisions. Mm -hmm. So life starts with first and foremost, learning how to make better decisions. Within three years of release, two out of three ex-offenders are rearrested. Clearly, something is broken. It's time we strategize ways to prevent repeat offenses. Our brainstorming session starts now. Welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon. Hello and welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon Podcast. I'm your host, Michi J. Today we are finishing up my conversation with Anthony Pierre. We are talking about his well-designed real estate course for inmates. Let's finish that discussion. But first, I want to tell you about a fundraiser to help support this podcast. We have designed some great hoodies and t-shirts that displays the model for a prisoner's pardon podcast. And that is, I rest my case on grace. The meaning is everything is dependent on the grace of God and there's nothing else that can solve whatever problem one may have. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please go to bonfire.com slash store slash prisoners pardon. I also have some exciting news. It's a prisoner's pardons children's book, and it's coming out in two weeks, just in time for Christmas. It's called Pharaoh's Butler and Baker. It's written for kids, but has a message for all ages. And that is to rest your case on grace. If you know the biblical account in Genesis, it's based on the actual case of Joseph when he was imprisoned and interpreted the dreams of both the butler and the baker who were in prison with him. It also tells the outcome of both the butler's case and the baker's case. The reason for this book is to encourage fathers, especially those who are incarcerated or have been, to read to their children. A father bonding with their children is critical and the most important thing a father can do in life. If you haven't already, please sign up for my emails. Go to prisonerspardon.com and we will send out the link for purchase when it is available. Thank you so much for supporting a prisoner's pardon and what we all do here. Now, let's listen to my chat with Anthony. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a Prisoner's Pardon podcast with me, your host, Michi J. As always, I'm honored and blessed to have you here with me. Right now, today, we have here a special guest. His name is Anthony Pierre, and he has faced this obstacle. You can't take back what you've done. You can't get that time back. But what you can do is utilize your time in a way that's going to make you a better person in the long run and give you better and more opportunities when you do get that shot or when they do open those the, those jail cells and let you up out of there. Thank you for that. You know, and I would make sure when I talk to him next to ask him these questions and make sure I keep him encouraged and, and have your information available to give to him. Uh, or I will contact you all specifically about that to see what I need to do. What can I do now? And to just have him thinking about a plan. And yeah. um, that's and that what your challenge was. Why, that is a huge challenge. You're talking about having that many people in a classroom, that range of learning skills, you know, and that was brilliant to you utilize the other students. Read. You had some students who couldn't even read and was later to come and be like, man, you know, my 
hey, man, my reading ain't that great. And I and so I end up, you know, uh, giving them a learning system on how to actually read and how to actually digest the information and how to take what they already know in order to be able to put it in the right concept so that they can get it. And that was like the greatest thing when you the see light a student don't face come on. like, yeah, when you <laughs> see the light come on, they're like, oh, I get it. I get it now, you know, and they get excited. And, and, and you know, and here's the crazy thing. I got hundreds of students that are out here that came out of prison that was in that system right now, you know, so that came out, that's doing their thing. And just to, to tell you that, you know, when you said, you, do I even know what type of impact that I made? I did not. I had really no clue. I just did what I thought was right. And I did, and I just, you know, made myself available to really help them and gave them something that I thought maybe can help them. But it wasn't until, you know, I got out of prison until the day that I went to see my parole officer that the light came on to me and was like, okay, yeah, maybe you really have done something. Because when I sat down with my parole officer and she Mm -hmm. mentioned, she said, Anthony, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, well, you know, I don't know. And I'm just talking about all these other things. Like, yeah, well, you know, I got my license here. I did this while I was in prison. So maybe I might do that. I says, but you know what I really would like to do is open back up my real estate investment company. And she was like, you know what? You're like the 10th person coming here talking Mm -hmm. about opening up, doing real estate. And and she says, and they said they took some real estate program while they were in prison and everything. And she says, you know what? And I was so impressed. She said, I've never seen anybody more well prepared to come out and actually do something out of prison. She said they had the 24 month rule. They had exactly how they were going to do everything. They had, it didn't matter what job they had. They showed mm-hmm. how they can, they could take an $8 job or whatever. They were just, <laughs> going, right. they were just going, Every- they were just showing her. And she was like, I was blown away. She said, did you take that class? I says, you know what? Uh, I actually, I think that's the class that I taught. She says, so yeah, you the Turk. They said there was a guy in there teaching. She says, so you him. I said, I guess so. She was like, well, look, I want to commend you. She says, I've yes. never seen anybody more yeah. well prepared. So at that moment, that's when I knew like, okay, maybe you did do something good in there. You, you did. Uh, Anthony, We, if you don't, if we have people contacting you, that you don't have it set up yet like please work with them to see how we can get it to their loved one to keep them encouraged because it is where there's a will there's a way and they can get over these obstacles they don't need the government per se right now and what the the, what the prison system is not doing for them because i hear so much of that because there's still something you can do and you just need to find it and when you want it, you're going to find it. And we're not saying that there won't be obstacles because I've, I've you know, we, we just don't want to live in a victim mentality because you won't succeed, won't succeed. We have to be overcomers and find, find it. You, it's like finding a treasure and then also just serve. I like how you served. It wasn't just about you. It was you served others. So you, you didn't just get into woe is me, but you you helped so many people. And it's something about community service, getting into helping others. Well, I mean, that's that, you know, me at that time, before I became really a spiritual person, you know, mm-hmm. you hear that it's more happiness than give, in giving than receiving. But until you actually put those principles into action, you really don't know the power of them until you do it. So it, it became 
just the best part of my life. Hello. Because seeing yes, people and helping people, <laughs> and it had nothing to do. I, I didn't charge not one single dime. It, I didn't make not one penny. I spent countless hours helping them, and I was happy in doing it simply because, you know, I was actually seeing that they were benefiting from it, you know, and I think uh, that's where, you know, that giving comes in when, when you're able to give something, give back, help people, mm-hmm. it's just nothing like it, you know, and if, if all inmates took their time, their energy, their skill sets, the things that they, that they know and understand and was able to work to give that back, whether it's while they're in there or even also add the value to the world, that's what allows that light bulb to come on and then see that you have value, that you have something to add to this world. And it does have nothing to do with how much money you got in your bank account. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's a, it has more to do with self-worth and just understanding your value. And no one can actually add a dollar amount on life, mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't matter whether you are a thousandaire or a billionaire. It doesn't matter. Nobody can add value to your life. Right. And they're starting. You say they're, they're still in. Is it a way to do? I haven't been in before, but you can probably tell me. Is it a way they can do community service there while they're already there? Like, well, I mean, there's... they don't they don't necessarily have you know access to community service, but they do have access to programming. They do have access to more freedoms. Uh, you know, the reason why I was able to provide that program is because my bunkie was actually in a program. Where but you did, though. I, I'm trying to get to a point that you did. You did community service. Right? You helped your fellow inmate who wanted that sort of help. But if they find someone that wants, if they know how to read and then you have someone that wants to know how to read, Maybe you can show them how to read, you know, something like that. It don't have to be something totally like yeah, they, you, know, you have services in there like that. Particularly, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know necessarily on reading whether that would be more maybe in the high school that they may provide those type of services. And then sometimes uh, and depending on the prison, they may have college in there as well. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the actual uh, college. It depends on the state. It depends on what they're, lo- they're allowing and what they're providing to those inmates. And again, a lot of these prisons, some of them are privately owned. So it really just depends on what they're doing specifically in those prisons. And you won't know that until you investigate to find out the actual programming that they have available. And then you can open up the services. And I think one of the things that most uh, parents and, and most family members don't do mm-hmm. is actually do research in terms of what the prisons prisons are providing. That's an excellent point. That they can do, that you can actually help assist your brother or help assist your son in being able to take those programs by even providing him with more details. If he says he want to learn about you know, engineering and they got an engineering program in there. Well, you can help assist him by giving him things that he needs. If mm-hmm. he's struggling with reading, if he's struggling with things that he, that's an open dialect call. It says, what do you need? And then now you can provide him with the tools that he needs so he can be successful in those courses and get through those courses instead of just being in there and just taking them to take them and then not getting much out of it because he's just, you know, in programming to pass time. And you got some inmates that do that. Yeah. And I'm just thinking just how to be, think out the box, you know, and think innovative. And like, if I was, you know, showing someone how to read there and they, it just may be conversations that you may come across with other people there. And then it, it may not automatically pop out to you until, you know, hearing a conversation like this. 
And then you can always put like a, like if I showed this person how to read, it's like, oh, I've, I've uh, taught this person this in that um, on their resumes. Like you, you can put down that you're a trainer, you've done this and that. That is actual skills. Because I don't know if you ever had a resume done by a professional sometimes, you know, and I have done that. And it's like, well, you've, you've done this. I'm like, what? You know, because I didn't think of it like that. You're so used to just helping people and doing things that you're not understanding that you're actually doing the actual skill, which is hands on, which you can't even be taught. You know, yeah. you don't have that certificate, but you you can always put that as experience in your resume. So, you know, make sure you're telling your loved ones that because that's a form of community service. And you can say you did it as part of community service that you did teach this and stuff. And that would get bypass you from having certain certificate or something that you have to uh, sometimes that they want to see. So, I, you know, like what you did in that prison with telling your um, your celly showing him um, how to do real estate, that was community service. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, you got a lot of guys in there doing stuff, I mean, teaching people art, teaching people mm-hmm. law, teaching people all different types of things in there. Uh, but when there's no real overall structure or when, like you said, nobody is really making them understand, like, here's what you're really doing. And then also helping them to see how, that's beneficial, not only to them, but also how it can be beneficial to you when you get out, because these are all things that you can add to your resume experiences that you've had and just wisdom and knowledge that you've been able to gain through that experience. Uh, I see some of the most brilliant people that I've ever met in my life when I was in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, irregardless of what got them there, I think all of us had one thing in common is that, you know, we knew that we were there for a product of our decisions. Mm -hmm. So life starts with first and foremost, learning how to make better decisions, because I think it doesn't matter what, if you can't make good decisions, especially when you in the mix of a very dire or stressful situation, and you can't make the right decision or the best decision, then you're going to always find yourself in predicaments, whether there's prison predicament, whether it's unwanted pregnancies, whether it's whatever. That's how life brings it, right? Because it's all about the moment of the decision. We all have decisions that we need to make and we all have to get better at making decisions. And that was one of the things that I was preaching and teaching in there. I think it is. You have to make better decisions. I I can't sit and judge you. You are a product of your environment. And some of you guys have seen things that you shouldn't have seen. And Mm -hmm. you have been around things that, that, you know, Lord forbid, you should have never even been around. But at the end of the day, today, you have a decision to make. Exactly. You have a decision to make. I like how you integrate it into your training, because I think, you know, just doing some sort of what do you, you you know just listening to somebody doing an oral speaking at times is not really you know because my my background is in training I know some people need hands-on people learn different type of ways and I like how you put it in a setting that they can understand like if they like cars you explain math that way you know or reading that way whatever their interest is in because they understand that environment but um just you have it where they immediately see the rewards from it. Otherwise, it's just something always reading that. But they need to see how it relates and be hands on like your your decision. Like when you was telling you're probably you're doing it when you tell them what type of property to pick. 
you may, they're making a decision and those are the same principles they need to use in making any decision. And that's how I, I understand it, that it needs to be explained once they keep doing that practice and they can also use it in their, you, you know, their personal life decisions on should they go with this person or not? Should they go along with these people if they're doing bad things or, and they know, and then is it going to cost, you know, you start adding up the cost, just like with real estate. If you lose this and then if I lose value, I'm going to, it's going to cost me a lot of money. So it's like, so this is, that's basically the same values, those principles you're teaching it right in your program. And that's, the, the interesting thing is that since I was in there, you know, for a drug case, a lot of guys was in there, you know, that was in there for drug cases, whether whatever it was. And one of the things that I realized while I was in there about that particular world is that drug dealers have five things against them. And I used to teach them that in the class, you know, yeah. because I don't think anybody ever explained it to them the way that I realized and understood it. Right. So I said, hey, you got five things against you first thing is that you have the prosecutor is against you, you know, whether it's politically driven or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're not for you in any kind of way. Secondly, you have the judge against you simply because they're going to do whatever the prosecutor asks, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're not going to get involved unless the case caused them to get involved. And 95% of the time in most states, most people cop out. So they never even really put their lives in the hands of a judge Typically, it's the prosecutor that's dictating. So you got the judge against you. Thirdly, you have the police against you, right? Because they're not for you in any kind of way. So they will lie, cheat, and steal, do whatever. They will do whatever, depending on their moral compass, right? So Mm -hmm. you have that against you. And then fourthly, you know, you have your own prosecutor, I mean, your own defendant attorney against you, because simply when you have a drug case, he already knows that you're guilty. So he's not going to go to work for you like he would have to if it was a murder case, because he don't have no choice but to go to work on a murder case. On a drug case, you already looking guilty. So what he's going to do is take, take your money. And then he's going to say, okay, I'm going to do the best I can. And then he's going to cop out and get some type of agreement, even though there may have been a grieved unjust, something that happened, rights may have been violated, but he's not going to put that work in for you simply mm-hmm. because he knows you know you're guilty and you in your mind, you know you're guilty. So nine times out of 10, you're going to say, hey, whatever you need to do to just get me less time. Mm-hmm. So he knows that. So then you lose there. And then the fifth thing is against you is yourself because you're ignorant. You have mm-hmm. no clue about law or anything. So now when you catch these cases, you just stuck and you at the hands of the mercy of the system. You know, you have no wisdom about what's really going on. And then now you want to try to learn about having a walking around with an arm, how much time a gun or, you know, shooting a gun in the air or, you know, having a certain amount of drugs in your car. Like if you don't know what you're getting into and what the cost is, why are you even doing it? So that's foolishness in itself. And mm-hmm. that's where it comes to down to decision. So that's some of the, that's one of the things that I would, I would teach them in there is to help them to start thinking at the whole picture. You mm-hmm. know, you in here making $20 a day, mm-hmm. you know, $20 a month, mm-hmm. but some of you guys are making thousands of dollars a week. You would have been better off at a job at McDonald's taking what I'm teaching you. And guess what? You would have been so much Mm -hmm. more further instead of sitting here for 10 years making $20 a month. Mm -hmm. You could have been out here at McDonald's in 24 months. You know what I'm saying? Be making six figures and on your way to making seven figures and not having to look over your shoulder. Yes, that's definitely that's all of that is definitely true. This is this is it's not 
the system, unfortunately, we do have, you know, a system that we have humans involved in, you know, with that, the enemy, how he works through that. And, but with God, all things are possible. I believe that. And a, a lot of times it's for their good. And I looked at what, how it panned out for you and how it made it good for a lot of people that you did go through that because you were able to design something specifically that you wouldn't have been able to do without going through that experience. So hopefully they, they're listening to you and seeing that they can do better with their lives if they go in, you know, if they change their whole perspective and, but they can utilize what they're going through now, just like you said, don't waste your time and see how you can use this for the good. And that's going to stop recidivism right there coming back. Cause you, you're going to see your value. You're going to understand how necessary you are for the society because we need our our uh, prisoners that's coming out to stay out because they are, I think, just invaluable to our society to help us to function right. Because once they get over those obstacles, you know, they are they are the leaders, they are the teachers, because they have overcome things where, like a, a person that hasn't gone through a lot, hasn't done before, and we need them, especially dealing with our younger generation and knowing how to handle them. And we have a lot of single mothers out here and they need help. And um, we just need our, our men to just step up and help. So I, you know, I look at what you're doing, Anthony, and I just, again, I just commend you for, for everything you've done and what you're going to do and whoever's gonna be contacting you to, to help their loved ones because, you know, we need, we need so much help. And you have made just a tremendous impact on me just listening to you and what you've already done. And I'm sure you're going to be doing great things in the future as well. I'm going to wrap this up with the, the last thing I just want to hear from you. What would you say just to someone just coming out, you know, about freedom, you know, because it's so hard for them and the obstacles that they're going to face once they get out. What would you say to someone like that? The best advice that I was given uh, that, you know, I still hold to this day is you, you need mentors. You have to have mentors. Yes. You have to have <laughs> that's mm-hmm. going to actually, that's doing something that you might want to do. That's living a certain way that you want to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know what I'm saying? Carrying themselves in a certain way, uh, that allows you to see it from all different walks, see it spiritually, see it morally, see it mentally, you know, how, you know, and then physically in terms of your health and everything else. When you kind of incorporate mentors to help you in those walks of life, it's going to give you the necessary information to help you be able to make really, really good decisions when you get out. But if you go back to the same environment, you go back to the same type of people, you start hanging around that same type of environment, ultimately it's going to devour you again like it did the first time. So it's all about changing your whole mindset and understanding that if you want more in life, then you have to actually go and be around people that can actually help give you the wisdom so you can have that kind of life. So whether you got a you got a, a, a aunt, uncle or someone in a family yeah. that you have respect or whether you have to pay for mentor, I probably spend 
over $30,000 a year just in mentorship on things that I want to learn and understand so mm-hmm. I can continue to be better. I wouldn't have been a best-selling author if it wasn't for a mentor. So right. all these things are things that you need. It wasn't nothing special about me. It was that I understood that I need help. So therefore, I'm going to go and get the help that I need. It's going to actually, it's going to actually change the learning curve. It's going to shorten it. And it's going to allow me to get where I'm trying to go a lot quicker than sitting, trying to figure it out by myself. So my advice is quit trying to figure it out by yourself. And get help. <laughs> wow. That was, that was the show right there, Anthony, right there. Thank you so much. And uh, we got to get you back here again. You were just a very, very, very beneficial guest. Uh, for um, our listeners. And lastly, we will have everything in the show notes on how to contact um, Anthony. I'm sure he'll be able to uh, assist as much as he can. But thank you so much for listening. Wasn't that an amazing interview with Anthony? I say it was. Here we have a case where we can see easily how someone can come out of prison better and be of great service. Anthony, without a doubt, is one of those people. Anthony designed an amazing real estate training program for inmates. I hope everyone who's been through such an experience can too come out the better. Here are my takeaways. One, preparing for success can and must start before release from prison. We saw here a case where this was being done. Anthony designed some things for some of the inmates and they took advantage of it. And they started working on it well before they got out of prison. Two, well-designed courses for inmates should include some type of community service. That community would be fellow inmates in the institution that they're in. This is where they would come alongside other inmates and help them to understand the program. If they're at a lower reading or writing level than another inmate, well, the one inmate will help the other ones. And this is how Anthony's program was so successful. He was showing them how to help each other. And that's how he was able to train so many people at different levels of education. This was just amazing what he was able to do in that setting. And number three, real estate training for inmates is one of the best ways to teach basic math, financial literacy, and responsibility. I love that story where the young man, he built up his credit rating to like 650 and he started making better decisions. So he was really increasing to his decision-making skills. So we want programs just like this, that's going to teach more than one thing. In real estate training, they can take anywhere. Well, those are my takeaways. Remember to follow us on social media. I'll post those links in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, I'm Michi J. Wishing you a week filled with blessings. Thanks for tuning in to the show. For more information on our guests and resources, visit prisonersparting.com. If you're enjoying the content, follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, please be sure to leave a rating and review. Until next time, God bless.